0: Alhamdulillah, Nahmedu, wa and Estarino, who and Estafiro, when I would be la, him in Shaduri and Fusina, women say at the Amalina. May yehdi hilah, who feller mudilla, or may your little feller had the ala, where a shadow and la ilah, hilallah, who had the hula Abduhu wa Rasulu, sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. <clears throat> <clears throat> <clears throat> As we know the day of Ashura is just a matter of a few days away. It's expected to be on Monday. Ashura, of course, referring to the, the 10th of Muharram. And... This day has been considered to be a sacred day for centuries. Our Prophet taught us, alayhi that whoever fasts that day, then their sins will be forgiven from the previous year. Towards the end of his life, alayhi he also mentioned that if he were to live to see the next year, then he would fast the ninth along with the tenth. And one of the wisdoms behind this, and we, we see this now every year as it relates to the beginning of Ramadan, as it relates to the end of Ramadan, Does Ramadan start, for example, on one day or another? You have one community starting on one day based on one methodology, another community perhaps in the same county, beginning on another day based on another methodology. At the end of the day, there's one Laylatul Qadr, and one community may be expecting it to be on what they deem to be the odd nights, and the community down the street deeming it to be not those nights, but the other nights that are staggered with it, There's only one Laylatul Khadr. So when the Prophet taught us, yes, to seek it in the odd nights in the the last third of Ramadan, there's also the encouragement to seek it out in all of the last ten nights of the month of Ramadan because if you do that, you are guaranteed to catch it. Regardless, if your community started Ramadan on a Monday or a Tuesday, a Wednesday or a Thursday, there may be that that one day difference between different communities or countries, etc. We see it every year. When it comes to the day of Ashura, if someone fasts the 9th and the 10th, maybe even the 11th as well, they're guaranteed to catch it. They're guaranteed to catch it. There's something we're supposed to reflect on very deeply in connection with this day. Whenever it comes to any practice in our deen, it's never supposed to be one-dimensional. It's always supposed to be more than that. Prayer is not just about the prayer itself as important as that is without question. When Abdullah bin Mas'ud asked the Prophet the best deed in Islam because he was that A-plus student. What is the best thing? That's what I, I want to know it so I can learn it and do it and value it and prioritize it. It wasn't just information for the sake of information, it was information for the purpose and the intention of transformation It's not just about the prayer in and of itself. If it's limited to a shell, it's supposed to be more than one dimensional. It's supposed to be, yes, without question, external because we're moving our limbs. But there's also this ever important ingredient of the internal. What Allah praises here about people who have iman that has matured and solidified. Allah describes their prayer as having this internal state of awe, of khushu' Of feeling a sense of humility and feeling humble in front of their Lord It's not limited to only the dimension of the external No question that's important, but it also It also permeates the internal So both are present When it comes to fasting, it's also not supposed to be limited only to the external it's not only about fasting physically. It's not only about avoiding food and drink during the day. It's supposed to be more than that. There's supposed to be the internal component as well. And the Prophet clearly warned us, alayhi salatu regarding people who they get nothing out of their fasting other than hunger and thirst. The Prophet's warning us, do not let it be one-dimensional. In other words, it needs to be more than that. He warned us of fasting that only results in hunger and thirst. Of staying up at night, especially in the month of Ramadan, and nothing is gained from it other than fatigue and exhaustion. It has to be more than just the external. There's no doubt that has its importance. No one is questioning that. But it's supposed to be coupled with the internal. Both of them need to be present. If it's limited to only the shell, and there's nothing internal. If there's the example of a house, so to speak, but if it's not a home, the physical structure is there, but if there's no love inside, that's a very different situation than another situation that may be a house as well as a home. There's the physical component, but there's also something more than that. A simple example that really drives this point home because again, when it comes to this day, we're supposed to reflect what is so significant about this day that when you look at the, the, the very, very, relatively speaking, very short time of the mission of the Prophet ﷺ, 23 years, and you look at the impact that it has had and that it continues to have on the world even until today, is absolutely incredible. This is a miracle in and of itself. وَرَفَعْنَا لَكَ ذِكْرَكَ And we, we see that time and time and time again. There were a few janazahs this past week, and one thought that came to mind is, it's amazing how we continue to see this ayah, وَرَفَعْنَا لَكَ ذِكْرَكَ When a Muslim baby is born, the adhan is recited, perhaps even the iqamah. Within the adhan and the iqamah in general, Allah is mentioned, the Prophet is mentioned. When Allah says, we have elevated your remembrance, we're reminded of that time and time and time again. So as soon as a baby is born, this is prioritized. Allah and His Messenger, they're prioritized. Now think about janazah before I digress in a moment. Think about janazah. There's no sajda, there's no rukur, there's no adhan, there's no iqama. And our scholars have commented on this. We're supposed to reflect on how short this life is. At the time of birth, there's the adhan, there's the iqamah, and then there's the janazah. The, the time in between is like the time, symbolically, how much time is there between iqamah, even adhan, and the beginning of the prayer, takbiratul ihram. You have moments. You have a few moments. Imam al-Shafi'i said that this life is but a moment, so make it a moment of obedience. If the Prophet in such a narrow window, in those 23 years, if he's going to mention something, it's going to, it's going to be significant. It's worth taking note of because there's, there's so much compressed into such little time. The Prophet والسلام, has taught us So many things, and when you look at anything that's repeated, it deserves special attention. So, fasting ashura, the Prophet didn't say this is once every century, once every 10 years, once annually. This has to be something special. This is worth taking note of. He's reminding his Ummah for us, starting with us internally, we need to make sure. We're trying to sincerely put in work to be more like Moses and not like Fir'aun. The easy part for any Muslim is to think and and to to reflect and to think, of course I'm like Musa, of course I'm not like Fir'aun. How sure are you of that? How many Muslims make that claim but that's not their reality? How many Muslims make that claim that they love Musa but everything in their character from top to bottom points in a totally different direction? What do you think Allah is going to judge them by, the claim or the reality? <laughs> Allah heavily criticizes these people, the hypocrites. There's the claim, there's no reality whatsoever. The harshest ayah in the entire Quran sent from Ar Rahman through Rahmatan Lil'Alameen, sent from the Most Merciful, through the mercy sent to mankind. Includes an ayah al darkil The harshest ayah in the Quran regarding Jahannam, regarding the hereafter. Think about it. Explicitly in this ayah, Iblis is not mentioned, Firaun is not mentioned, a personality type is mentioned. The Munafiq, the hypocrite. There's the claim, there's no reality. The Prophet warned us, and part of his mercy is to warn us. The Prophet gave us ayat, Allah gave us ayat. There are signs, there are qualities, there are attributes to avoid. What did Allah say in the ayah in Surah Baqarah? There are people, they say they believe in Allah, they believe in the last day, and Allah says they don't believe at all whatsoever. Read this passage. At the very beginning of Surah Baqarah, you have a few ayat about believers, succinct and to the point. You have two ayat regarding kuffar, you have 13 ayat regarding munafiqeen. Allah Himself is telling us something. Be extra, extra, extra careful about this disease. Be extra careful about this virus. These ayat are supposed to be reflected upon in connection with this idea of Ashura. There's supposed to be this annual, really there has to be daily Tazkiyah, especially regarding the anniversary of Muharram, of Ashura, the 10th of Muharram. There's supposed to be this annual Tazkiyah, make sure you're not like Fir'aun, make sure you're not like Fir'aun, make sure you're not like Fir'aun. But seemingly you look at the overall state of the Ummah, what are we missing? The Prophet did his job, alayhi salatu wasalam. He delivered the message. Are we listening? Are we reflecting? Are we processing? Are we internalizing? Or do we have nothing more than words and claims? Words have their importance, no question. No question. Innal ladina qalu But the claim is validated by the action. Allah says there are those who say their Lord is Allah and they live it. Thummastakamu. They remain steadfast. There are bumps in the road, but they remain on that straight path. There has to be this. Reflection internally. What is my reality? al Hasan al-Basri, a great, great scholar in our history from the Tabi'een, the generation after the companions of the Prophet, after the Sahaba, he gave us a, a very, and he was extremely eloquent. Extremely eloquent. He has this very powerful statement that we're supposed to reflect on. In general, and I want to especially tie it in with this time in the calendar now. He said, none feels secure from hypocrisy except for a hypocrite, and none feels concerned about it except for a believer. What was the reaction of Sayyidina Umar, this amazing believer, when he found out Hudhaif ibn al-Yaman, a great Sahabi in his own right, a great companion, the Prophet told him some of the names of the hypocrites in Medina. Sayyidina Umar goes to him, this is a sign of a healthy heart. He's constantly scanning for that virus. Constantly making sure, okay, may, maybe in the morning that scan was run on the computer, come evening time, I'm going to run it again. Because it's that deadly. Look at the ayah in Surah There is no doubt that the hypocrites are in the lowest depths of the hellfire and there's not going to be anyone to help them. nasira. The ayah after except for those who do tawbah. Allah's tawwab, that window's open, that door is open. If it's walked through, if someone walks through that door of Tawbah, Allah's promise, so long as they're doing it sincerely, they'll be forgiven. Allah is willing to turn a new page if they're willing to turn a new page. Look at even after such a harsh ayah, Allah's Tawbah, Allah leaves that window open. But what if someone is too stubborn and internally arrogant to do that? You reap what you sow. There are no excuses today. There's one ayah in the Quran that begins with ya ayyuhalladhina kafaru and what is what is the principle mentioned what is the principle it's not about people by name it's not about even if it name is not mentioned because the issue is the principle not the person per se not exactly which pharaoh was it in history that's not the important part the important part is the principle in principle what did he do in principle what do we want to avoid There's supposed to be this constant tazkiyah, this reflection. The process of fasting and prayer and any good deed has to be more than one dimensional There has to be something more going on internally. In the same jamaah behind the same Prophet you have those who are on one side of the spectrum in terms of the utmost sincerity. Praying behind the Prophet in the same jamaah. In the same congregation, you have Abu Bakr, you have Umar, Uthman, Ali, many great Sahaba. You also have Abdullah ibn Ubay ibn Salul and other Munafiqeen, other hypocrites. In the same Jama'ah, they're doing the same external prayer. They, they all have the same Imam, the best Imam in the Prophet. Yeah, Allah describes one because it was more than one dimensional. One group, radiallahu anhu wa Allah is pleased with them, they're pleased with Him. The other group, they end up in massive trouble. The difference wasn't necessarily the external prayer, because if the Prophet says Allahu Akbar and goes into ruku'ah, everyone behind him goes into ruku'ah. Internally, there was a softness of the heart, a suppleness of the heart on one side, and a coarseness, a rigidness, a harshness of the heart, a hardness of the heart on the other. There has, there has, Internally, I have to reflect on this individually. We have to each reflect on this as I conclude, before we end up in the grave. By then it's too late. And the Prophet taught us this sincere believer when they're asked, Who is your Lord? What is your deen? Who is your Prophet? They answer, they answer, they answer, because they lived it. But the Munafiq, don't you think the hypocrites in Medina had the information memorized? Weren't they there in the same reminder from the Prophet? Whoever says Raditu Billahir <laughs> Rabba bil Islamidina Wabi Muhamm Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam Nabiyah. But the Prophet taught us that they stutter, they say, uh, uh, I heard people saying this, I heard people saying that. There was no internal reality. So we have to reflect internally as we approach this day, the day of Ashura, which is expected to be Monday, just a few days away. It has to be more than fasting physically, which is important, no question. But there has to be more in connection with it we ask allah for both Rabbil uh, A quick uh, du'a request Brother Talat Navid and his family have requested uh, For a du'a to be made for their mother Who passed away last Tuesday in Elk Grove We ask Allah to forgive her and to have mercy on her and also for brother Fuad Hasuna, we ask Allah to forgive him and to have mercy on him. We ask Allah to grant both of them paradise and we ask Allah to gather them there with their loved ones. I want to conclude very quickly regarding that point. When we're born, we're reminded of Allah and his messenger. And in the janazah prayer for those still alive, praying janazah for the deceased, there's a component after the second takbira, Allahumma salli ala Muhammad wa ala ali Muhammad, where We just said Allahu Akbar, we're reminded of Allah and of the Prophet. So from birth to death, we're constantly being reminded in between what are we doing to try to live in accordance with the prophetic sunnah. We ask Allah to help us to do so both externally and internally. We ask Allah to help us to follow in the footsteps of our beloved Prophet and the Prophets and the Messengers and the Righteous and the Martyrs. And we ask Allah to gather us with them, and we ask Allah to فِي us with فِي We ask Allah to gather us with them. We ask Allah to gather us with them. We ask Allah to gather us with them. We ask Allah to gather us with We ask Allah to gather us with